I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others to make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the MTM Podcast. My name is Sean Coomer. I am the host of this here fine show, and I'm joined uh, this weekend every week by my co-hosts, Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Mark Osterman from Miles to Memories. This week we talk about Chase's really, really lucrative Black Star offers that can bypass 524, and we also talk about how we're going to take advantage of some of the really cool holiday deals coming up, plus our favorite holiday travel tips, plus rapid fire. You can subscribe to the Miles to Memories podcast at mtmpodcast.com. That's mtmpodcast.com. We have all the links to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. And if you do enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a review. It helps us reach more people, and we definitely love hearing your feedback. Tell a friend as well. Hey, guys. uh, So I'm excited because I'm uh, doing something I haven't done in a month or two. I'm going to Disney World tomorrow. Number 12 this year? Number 13? Yeah. Right. It's my first Disney, it's my first uh, Delta Vacations uh, deal that I booked that I finally get to use. So, yeah. How many did you book total? Just two, like a week apart, because I got to go back next week for the opening of Rise of Resistance. But then you book Hawaii with it too? Yeah. I booked Hawaii with it too, but that's, I just meant to Orlando. Yeah. So three trips total, two to Orlando, one to Hawaii. Nice. Also, Rise of the Resistance. Get it right. Did I, did I leave it? I left the out? Oh, my God. Yes. Rise right. of the Resistance in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Nerd alert. At Walt Disney World. <laughs> That's right. Miles to memory. It only took you like the first six or seven episodes to figure out how to save memories. <laughs> oh, boy. That's why we had to shorten it to MTM just to make it easier for Joe to... Uh, I do appreciate you here. dumbing it down. Yeah. Um, so how long are you going for? And what's the, uh, you know preferred itinerary where are you staying staying at the yacht club and going uh four nights five days and uh so yeah just gonna hang out see all the gingerbread houses at all the resorts all of the uh, holiday decorations a lot of people don't know and you probably know joe but all the deluxe resorts at disney do some pretty amazing christmas displays with gingerbread houses trees so i want to see a little bit of that yes so i told you guys how i had finally convinced my wife to take a trip and then it went next level because this woman who will not take a trip with me, went to Epcot Food and Wine without me, with her sister. And so they went to the Yacht Club and she said there's a gingerbread carousel there that's really cool. But here I am sitting at home with my kids and she went to Epcot without me. Now I learn, you know, where her loyalties truly lie. But uh, she had a good time in Disney. She got loaded, pretty much. <laughs> uh, she did mention, so her sister's, uh, you know, her sister has a newborn. Or not newborn, but young enough that is still breastfeeding. So there was like not too much alcohol going on. But she did mention that there were a lot of drunk people in Epcot. And that was probably like the only thing she didn't like, which is kind of what's been going on with Epcot lately. For those you who don't know, Epcot is like the kind of most adult theme park that there is at Disney World. Yeah. And right now they have the food and wine festival, as you said. So that that's basically people just sort of eating and drinking in all the different countries and world showcase. And I know that earlier this year, I saw quite a lot of way uh, too drunk people 
walking around Epcot and having a little bit too much fun, which was a little bit, I don't know, distracting, I suppose. But yeah, Epcot's so full of construction right now. I imagine there's not much else to do there. Yeah. I mean, she didn't like notice too much of the construction and her sister hadn't been there since like they were kids. So they were, you know, they, I mean, they had a lot of fun. I was like controlling their, my Disney experience from here. Like my phone had as little battery as it has when it's in the parks. Cause I was like booking all their fast passes for them and telling them where to go. Uh, my sister-in-law joked that like, she felt like she was like a video game character and I was just controlling her, but you know, they ended up so, spending. Hey Joe, how much does yeah. that cost? So I can enjoy Disney next time that I just have you do all my fast passes and tell me where to go. Concierge service. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. My wife is like, my my wife is like, you should really consider doing this and charging people for it. And my sister in law, who is a graphic designer and who designed like my as a Joe flies emoji and my logo and all that stuff, she's like, hey, I can pretty easily put uh, Mickey ears on your gravatar. So who knows, Mark? But I don't have anything to plug right now. Sounds like a good idea to me. Well, I mean, I was like on my phone like all day, like, and I'm not joking. I was like running at 30% all day. I was like, but yeah, so they did spend most of their time at World Showcase, which is not under construction. But yeah, I hear what you're saying, Sean. Like, I think that's why, I mean, Epcot people have been drinking too much in general, but even more so now because like Future World, which is the kind of more theme parky area is like a lot of constructions is a mess right now. So here's the the big question and takeaway from her trip is, does she enjoy visiting Disney a lot more when she's not with you compared to when she's with you and the kids? Like if she just got there and just sort of let loose and didn't have all the responsibilities, did she finally get like an enjoyable Disney experience and one that she like would go back and do again happily? So just like I feel like she kind of wished the kids were there because, you know, she would know she knows that they would have like really enjoyed the experience. But what she said was her sister who hadn't been there for 20 years was like having such a great time. And, you know, you know, this feeling, Sean, like when you enjoy Disney through someone seeing it for like the first time or like for the first time in a long time, that's like the experience that she appreciated the most. Um, and she was like, OK, I get it. Why you want to take our kids? You know, in that sense, at last, we understood one another, at least a little bit for that moment. I'm sure it'll all fall apart by next week. So wait, your kids have never been? No, they've been. But like. Every time you go when you're young, like you get to experience new things because like you're older, like you're taller and you can go on so-and-so ride or you okay, I get it. All. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. and also when you're young, it's kind of like that sense of wonder that you have for everything, but at Disney World, it's like made for you. So it just plays even better with kids. Yeah. So Mark, what's going on with your week? A meetup this week, right? In Detroit? Yeah, I have a meetup. Uh, we're, we're recording this on the 19th on Tuesday. I have a meetup on the 20th Wednesday, and then this drops on Thursday. So we will have all the meetup shenanigans done by the time oh, everybody's yeah, listening. Right. So, Well, people should uh, still check out our events page, milestomemories.com forward slash events, because we have our big New Orleans meetup with Award Travel 101 and a few other uh, blogs hosting that. And uh, we're going to have lots of meetups throughout 2020. So for the New Orleans trip, we've already sold uh, 80 tickets right around there. So there's only about 20 left. So if you're interested in it, check your flights, your hotels. And if it seems like it will work, uh, purchase your tickets before they're all gone. So yeah, and tickets are only 10, 10 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks uh, a person to get in. And that goes towards taking care of the room rental and then door prizes and everything like that. Very nice. Excited to not be there. Oh, man. <laughs> Joe. I'll send you some uh, videos, Joe. Thanks. Right. No, thanks. <laughs> All right. And let's uh, let's move on with the show. And I, uh, I've been noticing a lot sort of rumblings in the news uh, about Hong Kong and the protests there. And I know we sort of started this show off a few months ago talking about Hong Kong. And I thought that Joe would, could give us an update, sort of what you're hearing, given your, your history there and your family and everything else. And, you know, what maybe 
MTM listeners would want to know about what's going on uh, in Hong Kong today. Yeah, so I mean, the news, if you are a uh, fan of democracy, is not amazing. You know, I think it seems like China is getting more involved and cracking down more. I won't get into too many details, but like one example is the Hong Kong government said that protesters couldn't wear masks. And then the Hong Kong judicial system said that that was unconstitutional or whatever term they use, but then China overruled the Hong Kong judicial system. So it seems like in terms of China exerting its control over Hong Kong, it's getting a little bit more authoritarian. And so protests have gotten more violent. It kind of culminated last week in Polytechnic University, which is a university there in Hong Kong. There was like essentially like an all out siege for a couple days with protesters like hurling Molotov cocktails and um, police like firing, not live rounds yet, but they were threatening to fire live rounds and stuff like that. Anyway, it's a huge mess, uh, the protests. However, in terms of my dad is actually there right now on the ground. And he said, you know, if you're not at Polytechnic University, there was also something going on at the Cross Harbor Tunnel, which is the tunnel connecting Hong Kong Island and Kowloon. Like you kind of don't know anything is happening. It's pretty quiet. But I think overall, people are concerned. I know my relatives are getting more and more concerned by the day. I just saw an article saying that like maybe even some Hong Kong banks are thinking about pulling out, which is pretty crazy to think about. And so uh, still seems like it's going to get worse before it gets any better. So I'm just hoping for the best. Yeah, it's, I've seen some some rumblings from people there in different travel groups. And so, yeah, it does seem like things are ramping up a little bit. I know that the uh, Chinese military actually left their barracks in Hong Kong uh, in civilian clothes to go uh, remove debris that were left by protesters which was sort of seen as a symbolic thing. So, you know, if you're thinking about traveling through Hong Kong, just sort of pay attention. Twitter is a great resource to kind of see what's going on on the ground. And some of these travel groups, there's lots of, you know, Western uh, business travelers who are constantly there. And I'm in some groups with them. And that's sort of a good way to uh, to learn about it. And uh, I think Joe and I both really hope that people do learn about what's going on there and, and study it and understand it and uh, make their own minds up about the Hong Kong, the protests and the whole situation there. Yeah. And, you know, I should say, uh, in case you didn't listen to the earlier episodes, that uh, my family is from Hong Kong originally, while I was under British colonial rule. And, you know, I lived there for a few years. So my opinions and my thoughts are all kind of colored by those experiences. Also, in terms of like the travel angle, my friend who I was supposed to meet originally is still planning to go in December. Uh, her parents live there. She hasn't, you know, she's going with her three kids who are just a couple years older than our kids. Um, she hasn't decided to change her trip. And personally, I still have not, you know, I'm still planning to go in July. So I'm not like canceling trips or anything yet, but I am still, you know, keeping an eye out. And, you know, I advise that everyone else do that as well. All right. Well, uh, thanks for that update. And if things change and we feel like it's relevant. We'll certainly uh, talk more about the subject in the future. But for now, let's move on to talk about the exciting news of the week, which was Chase Blackstar offers or their targeted offers that sort of showed up in people's accounts this week. And uh, Mark, do you want to explain a little bit about them? Because I know you are a recipient of one such uh, offer. I was the big winner. <laughs> I was very pumped about this, but yeah. Ooh, so. Very jealous, very jealous. <laughs> yeah, you can hear the contempt in my laugh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Chase Black Star offers or Gold Star offers, they are targeted towards people and you can find them when you log into your account. You go to, in your Chase account in the upper left, you click the option to see different things on your account and you go to the Just For You tab. And then in there, there will sometimes be populated offers for specific cards 
that will say, you know, this offer is selected just for you. And if it has a black star, that means you have a good chance of getting the offer that will bypass 524. But in order for that to be the case, you have to have a static APR offer. So it has to say 17.5% type of thing instead of could be from 16 to 20%. So it has to be a, a, a static offer for you to surpa- uh, bypass 524. So I got it for the Chase Inc. Unlimited card, uh, the 50K offer after 3K and spend. So I was pretty excited for that. I uh, clicked through, did the application. I was immediately approved with only like a 4K limit because uh, my Inc. Plus has a pretty high limit. So I'm assuming that's why I might move some of the available credit from my Inc. Plus to my uh, Inc. Unlimited just to, to give me a little bit more bandwidth. But uh I was pretty excited about that. So be sure to check your accounts. If you are above 524, then that's a good way to get still get in. And I know, Joe, you had written a, an article about uh, delinking the accounts, correct? You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Before I get to that, um, just one thing about the variable APR thing, since it was like confusing me, even though, spoiler alert, I didn't get any offers myself. So when Mark is saying look for a fixed interest, it could be originally 0% interest for the first year and then... And you want to look for that and then. So after and then, if it's a variable APR like 16 to 24%, then reports are that those do not pass 524. But if it's and then 17% fixed, then um, they pass. So it's like a little bit confusing. Does that kind of make sense what I'm saying, guys? Yeah. Yeah. The normal interest rate after any introductory period should be uh, one rate. For instance, on the uh, the chasing cash application, it'll say 0% fixed APR first 12 months. After that, 14.74 to 20.74. That's the normal application. For these targeted offers, it would say after that, and then it would be one fixed rate. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it was like confusing to me because I was like, oh, these all look variable because when I was looking at the screenshots online, um, but then, you know, I figured it out. So just make sure you kind of don't get tripped up by that. Um, so the other kind of thing that was out there although it's since been kind of debunked or pretty much debunked. But Doctor of Credit had said that, you know, these seem to only appear on accounts that have the personal and business Chase logins separate. Um, So you can combine all your logins into one login so that you can see your business and your personal accounts together, which is what I had. But Doctor of Credit seemed to indicate that for like a lot of people, they had their accounts separate when they did this. And so I was like, oh, well, I combined them like five years ago. I want to figure out how to separate it. So I wrote a short post on how to separate them, separated my logins, didn't expect to get an offer because I figured they go out in waves and they had already gone out. And as I predicted, did not get an offer. But then after that, Mark said that he has received offers on his combined logins before. However, one extra note, um, which I just added into the post today was I had a friend who could see the offer on their combined accounts. But when he clicked through, the application wouldn't load. And then he delinked today. And then for some reason, when he did that, he saw the same offer, the application loaded, and he was instantly approved. So who knows? TLDR, Chase's IT is weird. So you can try things like delinking your accounts to see what happens because you know who really knows how these things work? We're kind of all guessing here. The key to it, I just want to point, Mark, is that they're already targeting people. So you're not doing anything to get around it. Sometimes their IT, like when the accounts are linked, it's blocking these offers that they're trying to show you anyway. So we're not trying to circumvent anything. We're just trying to to do that. And I think just want to point out, Joe, your article is great. And uh, I just sent the link to my wife and I just said, do this. And I gave her the link so that she can call to delink her accounts uh, tomorrow to, to give it a try. I really appreciate yeah, I'm that, inspired. Sean. I'm just so touched. I'm just so touched. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for making my life easy. 
I think I it try. might be the first data point for the having the accounts linked together and still getting the offer. So I think that's might be a newer thing. No, so I actually got two or three DMs after okay. like you were the first data point to tell me, but then two or three people after you told me the same thing. So I guess I don't know if they hadn't commented on Doctor Credit or you know, honestly, I had read Doctor Credit's article multiple times, but this week was the first time I'd ever seen that, which is why this is the first time I ever tried that. Yeah. So I wonder, and the only offers I got were four business cards. So I wonder if you have them linked, maybe you're not going to get targeted for the personal cards. I don't know. I don't know if the, your data points gave you that, if it was for business cards or personal cards, but it probably doesn't hurt to just delink them if you haven't gotten an offer yet, just to see if it does help. I mean, then you have two chances at it possibly. So I think it's still worth giving it a go unless you just really don't want to have to deal with two logins, but well, then you can recombine them by calling that same number. So, you know, it's not that difficult. And also, I got a comment, and we might as well address it here. Someone asked, if you delink your business and your personal accounts and say you have a ink on your business account and a Sapphire on your personal, can you still combine the points? And the answer is yes. You can still combine the points. You just need to re-input your credit card number for whichever one you're combining it to. But you know, as long as they're cards in your name, um, it's completely on the up and up and you can totally do that. So um, just like it was before. So you don't have to worry about that. One question I do have, I don't know if you guys have seen any data points about this. I, on my accounts, do have the Black Star offers, but they don't go to the fixed APR. By delinking, have you heard of anybody having success if they got the black offers, but it's a variable APR, they delink that they then get a fixed APR offer or just the, the one data point of your friend? So his application was fixed in the first place. So I haven't heard anyone's like actual offers changing okay. um, when they delink or anything like that. So who knows? On uh, my accounts, when I went in, I had three of the Black Star offers. Uh, two of them had the variable and just the unlimited had the the fix. So even if you see multiple cards and you go into the first one and it's variable, check the other ones just in case, because I checked two before I went to that one. And then that, and it actually looked completely different once I clicked through versus the first two that had the variable offer. So you'll kind of notice that too, that when you click through, you get like sent directly to the application almost versus just looking at the offer, then going to the application. I got one last question. And I know it's not great to like speculate live on a podcast, but whatever, because I have you guys ear. So I have this new Chase Business Checking Customers offer, which I've never done. I kind of want to make it go away because it's like one of my three offers. Do you guys have business checking accounts? Because I was like, oh, maybe because I don't have that. Um, you know, that's another factor. But of course, again, I'm just throwing darts blindly. Yeah, I just actually signed up for the checking account probably like six months ago to get the $300 bonus. So I don't know if that helped or not, but I I didn't have one before then. So, it, I mean, might as well do it. It's easy money. <laughs> yeah, I have a Chase uh, business checking. Um, right now, I actually have the offer on, and I have a personal account that I got a regular bonus on. Um, and I just got an offer to upgrade to Sapphire for $1,000. So I do have checking, thousand, but I wasn't targeting dollars or, or the points? Uh, $1,000, but I think it's the, uh, yeah, I think it's just 1000 I don't think it's the points on this one. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. I mean, $1,000 is quite a bit of money, though. <laughs> yeah, and you have to put in, I think, 75000 to deposit it. So I haven't decided uh, if I'm going to do it or not, but that is showing in my account. But I don't have, even though I do have a, a checking relationship on both the business and personal side, I wasn't targeted with any of these offers. But then again, I also have three Chase Inc. cards already. So, All right, anything else you guys uh, want to add uh, to the Chase Black Star offer discussion? Data points are great, so if you have some, send them our way. 
All right, and let's uh, let's move on, and we're closing in on the end of the year. And uh, I think right now, the fourth quarter. I know in the reselling space, we you know I know you do a the Observation Deck podcast with Trevor, who does a lot of reselling, uh, Team Mount, and uh, he talks about that. But the fourth quarter not only is an opportunity to buy presents and everything else, but there's also co- all kinds of deals and opportunities for you know for generating spend for taking care advantage of deals, great travel deals, discounts. So I thought it'd be a kind of cool, uh, interesting idea to talk about our plans for the holiday season, which deals we might be looking out for, which cards we're trying to do, what sort of currencies we're trying to rack up. Do you guys have any, like, let's start with Black Friday and Thanksgiving. Do you guys have anything specific uh, as far as Black Friday deals, Thanksgiving deals that you are are looking at? Any cards that you're going to be using to uh, rack up those points? I actually haven't really looked at any of the deals yet. I don't I don't mess around with Black Friday. I don't do a lot of reselling. So if there's gift card deals online and stuff, I'll take advantage of that. I know uh, Target always does their thing where you can get like $20 off if you spend, or maybe it's 20% coupon if you spend $50, which in the past buying some of their gift card deals online has triggered it that you get it. So I usually take advantage of that. But uh, as far as specifically Black Friday and Thanksgiving, I don't, I don't really like messing with the the crowds that much. So I don't have anything planned that I'm going to. If I see something that draws me out there, I might. But for the most part, I just hit the easy stuff and stay home. Yeah, for me, I do not uh, go out at all. So I do, you know, most of my stuff online. Like I have a friend of mine who resells and he said he might need me to help him buy some products. So I'm going to do that. Um, you know, I am member of like some of those buyers clubs. Um, and so, you know, I will be ready to buy for them um, and generate a lot of spend that way. You know, that kind of stuff is just normal stuff. You know, I'll make a lot of spend by like sending things to friends who are resellers, either of gift cards or actual products or buyers clubs or whatever. But I think what's more interesting is it actually started early. So I signed up for a couple of credit cards with, I needed to kind of like spend $15,000 for the signup bonuses um, by the end of the year. And I expected Black Friday to, or, you know, Black Friday and the holiday season to handle that for me, but I'm actually done with those signup bonuses already, or I have like $200 left on one of them. And so I had to think to myself, you know, do I want to sign up for another credit card before the holidays start, or, you know, do I want to do something else? And I decided, I'm not even sure if this is like the right decision, quote unquote, but I decided to do this, that uh, I'm going to spend the extra 15000 or whatever I need to, to get to 15,000 on my Hilton Aspire to get an extra weekend night so that I'll have two total. Um, so do you mean the ascent? The, the ascent? No, the Aspire has it too for 15,000. No, it's 60,000 on the Aspire. What the freak, man? Good <laughs> thing I didn't start yet. <laughs> yeah. It's only surpassed at 15 K. Oh, should I upgrade my Hilton? Should I upgrade my vanilla Hilton to surpass then? I don't know. Yeah. Again, you- more, more live thinking on the podcast. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, I mean, I would wait until you get one of those 150k upgrade offers, which they come around pretty often. But I like to keep at least one surpass just to get that uh, 15k each year. I usually do two Hyatts, one for each me and my wife at 15k, and then uh, a surpass or two at the same. So, oh, good point. Maybe I'll do a Hyatt. Yeah, do it on Hyatt. Yeah, yeah. Where did I see that Aspire's 15k? Wow, good thing. Like I have like seven thousand dollars I need to spend for someone like literally tomorrow. So I'm glad I talked to you guys first. I like. I've always wanted to upgrade my Hilton Vanilla to an Aspire, but like I haven't been targeted for any of these 150,000 upgrade offers. So, I mean, I guess I can keep waiting. So it's not, it's not there's worth a, it to, there's a it's not worth it to skip out on that. 
a couple months ago, there was a public offer where everybody could do, do the upgrade. You didn't grab that? I didn't. Why didn't I grab that? Maybe because I'm dumb. Um, <laughs> it could be because I'm dumb. Or maybe I like thought that because I had the Aspire, I couldn't do it. But that doesn't sound right. So go back to the original hypothesis because I'm dumb. Okay. <laughs> you just need to read more MTM and then you'll get it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think I think one of the so yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting that you have Black Friday and then you have sort of all those doorbuster deals and things that people go crazy about. But then there's like actual real good deals that are sort of under the surface that you can find, especially in this space. As you say, Joe, like buyers clubs are gonna go crazy and they actually already did some of the buyers clubs with Best Buy had some early sales. Um, so if you work with buyers clubs, that's a way to go. And uh, on the like the gift card side, if you resell gift cards, there's lots of great deals that generally come up at the at the office supply stores at the uh, supermarkets. Um, I know like this week uh, we have some early sales at office supply, like at iTunes cards at Staples, and you'll see more and more deals as those go on. So just uh, for me, it's going to be rebuilding. I think thank you points using my AT and T access more for online stuff, and then uh, hopefully my uh, ultimate rewards by using uh, Chase Inc at a uh, office supply store, and then I'm going to try to uh, use some of my grocery cards, various grocery cards that are earning th- three or four x. And uh, yeah, that's going to be my goal there. Mark, you mentioned we're talking about deals for the holidays. I know a popular deal that comes back every year is those Target ten percent off gift cards. Um, that's usually early December. I see last year they didn't announce it until the 27th or 28th of November. So we might have to wait a little bit. But I know that uh, if you're into buying and selling gift cards, that target 10% deal is often a way that you can get a lot of spend. And you can generally turn around and sell those cards for even a small profit if you get them at 10% off. So that's something to look forward to. So no, so no specific deals that you guys are thinking of. You're just going to just jump on anything that that comes, right? You guys haven't looked. There's no... No, I haven't really looked. But one thing I wanted to uh, bring up to you is I, I remember a couple years ago, I think maybe three years ago, they wrote a post. And I think this was before I was uh, working uh, with MTM and I was just a fanboy. But uh, you wrote a post about how you hit all the Black Friday deals just sitting at home online, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. So you don't really need to go out, do you? Or is that not the kit? Was that just that one year that it all kind of worked out that you could do it online? And then the other question I always had was, the Black Friday deals, does that start at like 12.01 a.m. online or do they hold it until the stores open? Um, so maybe you want to talk about that stuff, how you've done it in the past. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the deals have moved to Thanksgiving now. And so I haven't actually looked this year as to like the major retailers when they're going to start their online sales, but they will publish that. But generally, I know in the past it's been like at midnight on Thanksgiving and they've moved their online sales to then. One of the biggest benefits of actually going into stores on either Thanksgiving or Black Friday is being able to actually get what you're looking for because they will put a certain amount of inventory online, but that generally sells out a lot quicker. And you're competing against buyers clubs, you're competing against people with bots and all kinds of different things. And so it can be really hard to get the higher demand stuff. Whereas if you go into stores, unless you're trying to get that like 70 inch TV that they're selling for $200, you can generally get the deals that you're looking for. Uh, the problem is with general Black Friday shopping, if you're just sort of doing it for yourself, is a lot of those deals aren't that great. Sure, that 70-inch TV for $200 that they have five of is a great deal, but uh, most of the other stuff isn't much cheaper than you can get other times of year. But as a reseller, I have been able to find over the years 
a few different products, a few different sales that are, uh, I guess, that work for me. Generally, they're not as popular for other people. So I can generally just sort of stroll into the store, get what I want, get out of there. And um, that's how that works. But so you don't you don't wait in line for like an hour before it opens because those deals aren't hot. So you kind of just wait till everybody gets in and then you walk in. Yeah, I learned a couple of years ago, I was sort of, as I was dipping my toes into the Amazon stuff, probably three, four years ago, I would buy some Black Friday stuff and I noticed that prices would just dip. So Best Buy might have a, I think a couple of years ago, a good example was like ring doorbells when they were fairly new, they were like 200 bucks and Best Buy had Black Friday, they had them for 99 bucks and the price just like plummeted because all of the resellers come in. So if it's a Fairly obvious deal, especially on electronic stuff like that. It may look great if you're trying to resell it. Just be aware that there's, you know, millions of other people out there that kind of get the same idea. Uh, the more nuanced your skill is, the more that you can uh, find out about specific markets. Like for me, I'm really good with toys. Uh, then the better uh, you can do with that stuff. But talking general miles and points, there's so many gift card deals. I would say, you know, keep an eye on MTM for some of the gift card deals. And we will drop hints about how the deals work and how you can possibly profit from them. Uh, We can't always give out all of the information, but there's going to be a ton of deals. Every year, there's a ton of great deals and all kinds of spend to be generated. I'll give uh, one more kind of caveat, and that's find uh, resellers or um, people that you trust to work with. And, you know, I think think it was just last week, right? Um, The Plastic Merchant, they had like their kind of court case or whatever. And that's just a reminder that, you know, if you ever see, or this is my personal take, but nowadays, if I ever see any red flags, um, you know, like one bounce check um, that is verifiable, like a verifiable data point that there was a bounce check with one of these either buyer's clubs or someone who resells gift cards or whatever. Um, for me, it's it's like that movie Heat, you know, I'm out in 30 seconds. That was a great movie. Yeah, indeed. So, you know, that's 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 what I would say personally there's a lot of different options out there find ones that you trust and you know only work with them anything to add uh, mark uh not really nope i'm ready to move on to travel tips for the holidays do you guys uh, like to travel uh, during the holidays or you you know do you like to sit at home or you like like to actually be on the road i don't uh, ever really travel and i think part of that is because the the job i had previously before i quit uh, to be a stay-at-home dad and then started working for the blog was the holidays were always like chaos because we would have to cram five days worth of work into three days or whatever. So we would work like 13 out of 14 days leading up to any holiday. And, you know, most of the days it was, you know, 12, 14 hour days. So I was always so exhausted by the time the holidays came that I didn't feel like doing anything. And then just with the chaos of of domestic travel during the holidays, I, I try to avoid it. So we usually just stay home and lay around in sweats and eat and watch the Lions lose like they do every year for Thanksgiving and other holidays. I mean, Fourth of July, we might go up north or something, but we've never been big ones to to go anywhere far on the holidays. Yeah, we don't travel during Thanksgiving because, you know, we really only have those two and a half days. And, you know, I would love to like go to Europe or something like that, but it's really not enough time. Maybe when the kids are older, you know, we can go for a long weekend like that, but it's just not feasible. And my in-laws are here. And so, you know, a lot of family comes up to hang out and it's just easier to do things that way. And that's kind of our tradition. Over the Christmas holidays, we travel a lot. For example, this year we're driving down to New Jersey and then we're going to fly to Charlotte to visit my sister-in-law and then fly back. And so I find, you know, having that flexibility over 
a long holiday break, like flying on Tuesdays or even flying on Christmas Day or whenever, uh, it kind of helps to mitigate the costs. And so that's what I try to do. So your your travels just revolve around your sister-in-law these days, huh? Apparently, yeah. So <laughs> your wife, <laughs> you know, who are, she's like, I guess I'll bring you along, but let's go visit my sister. Actually, to be fair, this one was my idea because uh, we... That was the last one. It was your idea. Oh, yeah. Good point. Maybe my sister-in-law has... She's just, uh... she's just totally <laughs> mind-screwing you yep. and making it seem like it's your idea, but she's, yeah, she's she getting you She has Jedi mind-tricked us. Um, <laughs> to be fair, my kids like love my sister-in-law's house. They're like, our house is garbage, but we really like uh, auntie's house. So... Um, <laughs> Dad, why are you putting us up in this in this <laughs> dump when we could be living with things? <laughs> why do we live in this tiny house? They have a fire pit. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, that's what they say. So, can you adopt me, please? Yeah, no, I don't think they go that far, but <laughs> all the way up to the line. You can't you can't argue with a fire pit. But yeah, so um, you know we're traveling. I actually used like some really old, like I don't know if you guys remember, but like four or five years ago, you could still put money into United's. It wasn't their travel bank, but something to that effect. Like I don't yeah. know, retirement for like bank air, or something. for like airline incidental credits. Is that why? Yeah, you're- and so yeah. it came as inter- airline incidental credits. I had that like five years ago, so I used that and some cash to fly down, and then we're gonna fly actually business class back uh, using Avios on American Airlines. That's why you know last week or whatever week I was talking about how like the AA web saver fares don't show up on British Airways because it was quite relevant to me at the moment. What about you, Sean? What do you do when you travel on the holidays? Well, I think I th- I don't travel too often on the holidays. Thankfully, my family's pretty close. I've done trips to California and stuff to to visit them. But I think the number one thing I've always sort of run into during the holidays is there's a lot more people traveling that don't normally travel. And you have a lot more delays because of weather and things like that. So basically, like all it's all basically a recipe for for disaster. So my biggest travel tip is just to give yourself plenty of time and lower your expectations because Chen chances are you're going to run into some sort of a delay. Uh, you're going to deal with other people who are overwhelmed and rude. And uh, it's just not generally a pleasant thing. So like Mark said, it's nice to sit at home in your pajamas and and enjoy the holidays. Yeah, it's not my favorite time to travel, but I think basically just give yourself extra time and patience. That's the way to go. I know a lot of people travel to Europe, especially over Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving domestically is like the busiest travel time of the year. So as Sean said, it's crazy. But if you go to Europe, you know, they don't have Thanksgiving there. So it's not crazy and nobody's going over there. So <gasps> they don't have Thanksgiving in Europe. <laughs> no, what? No, no pilgrims. in Next Europe. thing you're going to tell me they don't have Thanksgiving in Canada either or they have they, they, they celebrated on a different actually, day it was huh? actually last month but yeah I know, uh, it's on a different day yeah because i was over there for that when i was doing the sofi test they're like happy thanksgiving and i'm like uh not my thanksgiving but okay happy thanksgiving <laughs> but yeah so if you if you can it like joe said the short weekend might not work but if you live on the east coast it really is pop probably possible or if you could turn it into where you take like monday tuesday off uh, and extend it out that's a good option because there's a lot less travel going that way versus all the travel going uh, to see family in the U.S. So there's a, a reason that the night before Thanksgiving is the biggest drinking night of the year because everybody's stressed from the travel they just did and they're freaking out about having to spend time with their family. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely got to be it. <laughs> all right, time to move on to uh, rapid fire. And uh, Mark, I think you're a little timeshare obsessed lately, aren't you? 
Yeah, I have been writing a lot about uh, timeshares, but uh, there a couple readers reached out to us today to send us a deal that Hilton Grand Vacations just up their timeshare offer from 15,000 points and $200 for a three-night stay in Orlando, Vegas, or Myrtle Beach, and they upped it to 25,000 points, which is a pretty solid offer. If you pick a, a busy time like Orlando, if you pick a busier time, the hotel is probably going to go for like $250, $300 a night. So you're getting some good value there. But I would encourage you, there's a link in on uh, the article to go to their website where you can book it online. But I would encourage you to call in because you can probably get a better deal. The last time I went, I paid $149 for the three nights and I got 50,000 points. So I would ask for both those things when you call in. You might even want to ask for more, see what they'll give you. But don't take the first offer whenever you do timeshare presentations. I will say they are very valuable. We got probably $1,000 worth out of our 170 bucks, including taxes. Plus, I earned points on the stay because I got credit for what the timeshare paid for the rate, which was like another 18,000 points for my three-night three, three night stay. So it, it really adds up. They basically pay you to go on vacation. You just sit there for two for two hours and tell them no, 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 and you move on, and it, it's worth it. So check that out if you're thinking of traveling to any of those places. Uh, definitely worth uh, booking it if, if you are. All right, and moving on, uh, American Airlines has announced a ton of new routes, um, some interesting new routes for sure, including uh, – Chicago to Krakow, Poland, Prague, and Budapest. Joe, they added Boston to London, a daily service, I think, or at least uh, it's oh, a you permanent serious? service. Yeah. As of March of next year, it'll be Boston to London direct. That's like, man, almost eight flights going from Boston to London across uh, all the carriers. That's that's awesome. Yeah. They're also expanding in DFW. So they're, they're adding a Tokyo to Haneda flight which Haneda is a much more convenient airport in Tokyo and uh, Dallas to Tel Aviv, Israel, uh, Dallas to Auckland, New Zealand. And uh, they're also adding Los Angeles to Christchurch, New Zealand. So they'll both, they'll, uh, while also expanding uh, Los Angeles to Auckland as well. So yeah, it seems like they're really going all in on New Zealand as well. So some really interesting routes. We have the uh, article on the site if you want to see the full list, but uh, some of them are pretty exciting. And a lot of times when they add new routes, keep in mind, they also release more award space. So Keep an eye out for that as well. Nice. So uh, my rapid fire is Disney related because I have Disney on the brain. So Disney just announced that their four park magic ticket is coming back. This comes around, it seems like every year. And I think they are trying to drum up some business. But the short of it is that it's a four day ticket, but you only get to visit each park once. So Disney World has Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. And so normally if you buy a four-day ticket, you could go to like, say, Magic Kingdom four days in a row or two and two or three and one, whatever you want to do. But this special four-day ticket is you only get to visit each park once, uh, once per day. And I uh, threw in some numbers. I just picked a random date that's kind of middle in terms of their variable pricing. And so this four-day magic ticket would be $370 if you bought that, or you could spend $76 extra dollars and it'd be about $446 if you got the regular ticket. So a savings is about 70 bucks for a family of four. That's almost $300, something definitely worth considering if you're willing to visit each park once and you don't want to double up any of the parks. So that's my rapid fire. All right, Mark, close us out. Yeah, so the final one is a article from Ian about Turkish miles and smiles uh, booking online. It, he had found out that you could do it earlier. Uh, he was the first one to write about it, um, about booking those awards online. And then 
they kind of went away and everybody's been having issues booking Turkish uh, flights like on United domestically or to Hawaii and all that. So he just checked it again uh, last couple days and noticed that you can they're once again available to booking there. There is some weird quirks with the program where you can't book for other people. You have to book for the account holder's name and stuff like that. But now you can book one ways, which is an improvement, which you couldn't do before. And more routes are showing up. So if you do, if you did do the transfer in that, you have those miles sitting there, go to their website and see if you can find something that works for you. He ended up, uh, it was in his wife's account. So he, he wanted the flight for himself. So he ended up having to email. He said, Boston's Turkish call center or whatever is the best to reach out to. He hasn't had any luck with the West coast one. So he ended up getting the flight booked that way. But if, if it's in your own name, you can just book it online. So something to check out. All righty. And, uh, Thanks for that. And check out all of those articles on the website, uh, milestomemories.com, except uh, we don't have the Disney thing, but uh, you can find that on the Disney Parks blog and uh, links all in the show notes. And uh, that's going to do it for this week. Before we go, uh, let's check in with you guys. Now, Joe, uh, you exist for about 45 minutes each week on this podcast, but the rest of the week you exist elsewhere. Where can people find you? Yes, you can find me writing at asajoeflies.com. I actually wrote something this week. so I know, and I linked to it because I was so excited that you actually wrote something. <laughs> really appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. Uh, you can also find me podcasting at saverossiobservationdeck.com. That's a Miles and Points podcast where we interview different guests in the Miles and Points space and also podcasting about Disney at disneydecipher.com. And Mark, when you aren't giving me a hard time, where can they find you? So you can't find them anywhere. Yeah, pretty much uh, all day, every day. That's how I do it. You can find me on Miles to Memories website. Uh, just comment on any article that I wrote and I'll uh, write you back. Email me, mark at milestomemories.com or in our Facebook group. I'm in there a couple hours every day. So I'm all over the place, I guess. And I rip on Sean nonstop while I'm doing it. I, I, I can multitask like with the best of them. Yeah, especially when it comes to ripping on Sean. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> legendary all right and uh you can find me at at best disney hacks on twitter and of course on miles to memories.com and you can find our uh, social media at miles to memories on twitter facebook and uh, just about everywhere else and thank you guys uh, so much for listening and uh, talk to you next week and if you can leave us a review on apple podcasts we really appreciate that joe you messed up you're supposed to say legend wait for it wait for it dairy <laughs> i know the line i said what i said Oh, all right. See you guys next week. <laughs> ripping on Joe. We should be ripping on Sean, man. That's what we should be doing. Sean's typing an email to you right now. He's busy. He's distracted. I'm still angry. All right. All right. I'll start again with that super smooth. Hey, guys, we're ready. Hey guys, I'm going to Disney try World. Not to, try not to drop everything on your desk though when you start. <laughs> like what is, what is that? Like marbles? Are you playing yeah, marbles, marbles right on now? the floor? You're making me nervous, Joe. <laughs> all right, just put all the marbles away. <laughs> uh, okay. The gold earns three x, right? Or is it earning four? I might four. I was right. Cut that out. Maybe you should read more MTF. I should. I will not well, cut that right. out. I guess you know I'm what's crazy is I said three or four X and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking CNV is three and then the gold is four. And then in my head, and like four everything and comes screaming to a cry. Like, no. Right, everyday preferred four and a half, man. It should be three to four and well, a half. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, or I could one. say two or three or four or five and I would also be correct. I said three or four. I was thinking of CNV and Amex gold. Or 6% cash back. Come on. Right. Damn.
Didn't you write boy. <laughs> I hope you cut that out. Jeez. No. Hurt my ears, man. I'm cutting it out. I know. I cracked too. Like people, I was like, you're I, probably going to break a whole bunch of woofers or like their speakers oh, in their it car. Wasn't that loud. 